The opinions voiced in this episode of The Wiser Financial Advisor with host Josh Nelson are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Wiser Financial Advisor Show with Josh Nelson, where we get real, we get honest, and we get clear about the financial world and your money. This is Josh Nelson, a certified financial planner and founder and CEO of Keystone Financial Services. We love feedback, and we'd love it if you would pass it on to me directly at josh at keystonefinancial.com. Also, please stay plugged in with us, get updates on episodes, and help us promote the podcast. And also, subscribing to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service. Let the financial fun begin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wiser Financial Advisor Show with Josh Nelson, where we get real, we get honest, and we get clear about the financial world and your money. Today, we're going to talk about death insurance. And you might say, death insurance? Really? I've never heard of that before. What is that exactly? So I'm being a little bit coy here. There actually isn't technically something as death insurance in the insurance world, but there is life insurance. And I think whoever it was that originally came up with the term life insurance was pretty smart uh, because it sounds better, right, to sell somebody that kind of product than death insurance. But the reality is, is when we buy life insurance, what are we buying? We're buying insurance to pay out if we die. So it really is, in a lot of ways, death insurance. And you know from listening to me that we talk about these different financial buckets that we put the different financial collection of stuff that we've got. One of those is the protection bucket. That's bucket number one is the protection bucket. And a really important part of that protection bucket is insurance and making sure that we've got some insurance policies for the things that either ourselves or maybe our family would not be able to absorb very well anyway. It could just be financially devastating if something bad were to happen. That's why we have things like medical insurance and car insurance and so forth, house insurance, uh, which uh, they call homeowner's insurance now. They used to call it fire insurance. Now, again, good marketing. They're, they're calling it homeowner's insurance now. But the reality is life insurance is a big, big part of protecting not really yourself because if something happens to you, you're not here. Um, so really what you might be buying is you might be buying uh, the feeling that, hey, I've protected my family, I've got things in place. But really for the for your family, for the people that depend on you for your income, in other words, there is kind of a strange concept of human life value. In other words, that there's a financial value on all of our lives if we're producing income. And I think most of us are in some way, even if you're retired, even if you're drawing social security, there's an income stream that you're drawing. And if anybody else on the planet is depending on that income, then it's important to take a look at really what would be the impact and would the people that kind of trust me and that I'm taking care of, would they still be okay if something were to happen to me right now? And I say right now because none of us know how many days that we have left on this planet. And we, I think, all kind of have a vision that we're probably going to live for a long, long time, live to be very old. But the reality is that none of us know. I'm 45 years old right now and in really good health and, you know, exercise and, you know, try to watch my diet, things like that. Checkups are all good. But at the end of the day, we don't know. Something crazy could happen. 
And I want to have the kind of the, the security in my mind right now, knowing that my family is taken care of, but I want them to also have that feeling that if something were to happen to Josh or dad or my husband right now, um, you know, that they would be okay financially. So let's talk about life insurance as far as how much, how much life insurance do you need? Before we get to that, there's two different types of life insurance. One of them is term life insurance. That would typically be temporary insurance. It typically just lasts for a certain number of years. And then at that point, there oftentimes would be some continuation options or conversion options. But oftentimes people are just buying it because they feel like they need some type of a death payout. If something were to happen to them during the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever number of years that term has on it, what you're doing basically is coming up with an agreement with the insurance company that they will pay out as long as you pay your premiums along the way or don't cancel the policy. They will pay out a certain lump sum to your heirs upon your death. So term life insurance is typically temporary insurance. The other type, if it's called anything else, it's probably permanent insurance, which would be things like whole life, universal life, variable universal life, variable life. There's all kinds of different names for it. But permanent insurance is insurance that you kind of plan on having for the rest of your life. That's why I think way back, the original policies were called whole life policies, because you really wanted it for your whole life. You expected you were going to keep it for your whole life. So it'll death benefit out someday when you pass away. I am a big fan of term insurance. I think there are situations where the permanent insurance can work quite well. I actually own some of both myself personally, full disclosure. But I think in most cases, term insurance actually makes the most sense. It's typically the most cost effective, because if you think about the two types of insurance, buying a temporary versus whole life, well, if it's a whole life policy, then the insurance company knows they're going to pay out. They know that they're going to have to pay out a death benefit at some point, even if it's many, many years down the road. Versus if they think that they're just on the hook for the next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, they can charge you a lot less because they are making the bet anyway. After they go through their underwriting process, they're making the bet that, hey, things are pretty safe for us. We don't think that he's going to die over the next 10, 15, 20 years. So they can charge you a lot less, uh, unless something dramatically changes with uh, health advancements. Uh, everybody has died eventually. So uh, the insurance company knows that they are going to pay out at some point on those permanent policies. So death benefit, how much do you need? There's kind of two different considerations that I look at. I look at immediate needs and I look at ongoing needs. And sometimes there are no ongoing needs. That's possible that it's just some immediate needs that we need to be taken care of. And of course, we could brainstorm some of those, but the things that probably pop into your mind are things like funeral expenses or paying off some debt, or maybe it's funding a college account for, for kids, uh, things like that that might depend on that person's income later on. So we'd want to kind of add those things up and come up with a dollar amount. Oftentimes, I think that's what most people are thinking is just what needs to be covered kind of immediately. They sometimes forget about that second piece, that ongoing piece, in that right now in my situation, I've got a family that depends on my income and they depend on it on an ongoing basis. So there would be some immediate things that would need to be covered, but really there's a larger chunk of money that would need to be paid out to be able to replace either all or part of my income or anybody's income on an ongoing basis. How do we figure that out? So let's say we figured out bucket number one, um, you know, the piece that says, well, what's the stuff that needs to be taken care of right away? Maybe somebody kind of adds up and says, well, I'd uh, want to pay off the mortgage and I'd want to fund some college accounts and uh, I'd want to get some money into the bank for some emergency money and pay for the funeral expenses. So maybe they come up with a few hundred thousand dollars there that would need to be paid out. Now, in some situations, 
they might look at it and say, and of course, we should do some math, right? Uh, I find way too many people wing this. So this is something that you certainly would want to sit down with your certified financial planner to figure all this out. But for some people, they say, you know what, if all those things were covered, all those immediate needs and debt was paid off and so forth, maybe you know my spouse or my loved ones, they would be taken care of. That would actually take care of what they would need. They really wouldn't need any ongoing income. So the second piece of it then would be how much money would we need to have paid out so it would replace income either for a portion of time or maybe permanently. Now, a portion of time, that's kind of easy, right? You're kind of taking a look at, well, over what period of time, maybe somebody says, I I need to replace somebody's income for five years, three years, 10 years, whatever it might be. Uh, We do some simple math and we figure out what that needs to look like. I could do a little bit more complicated math and figure in some cost of living adjustments, things like that. But more or less, that part's kind of easy. But what about if somebody said, you know what, there's a certain income stream that really needs to be there on an ongoing basis. And by ongoing, I mean like forever, in other words, because maybe it's a spousal situation where, hey, we would want to maybe put that person in a position that they would kind of have their retirement accounts funded. In other words, they'd have enough in investments that they probably could just make it the rest of their life living off of that income. Some situations we would need to look at that. And it may not be even replacing 100% of somebody's income, but let's look at a, a simple example. Let's say that Somebody kind of looked at it and they said, well, my initial stuff, maybe it's $300,000 worth of death benefit we would need to kind of pay off debt and kind of the immediate stuff. But then we really need an ongoing income stream of $50,000 a year uh, because really we need that to kind of replace and be there to supplement paying for ongoing expenses, things like that. Uh, Maybe so the surviving spouse could have the same kind of lifestyle they were having before. So $50,000, maybe that kind of supplements other income that that other spouse has if they work or maybe they get other benefits like social security or something like that. So how do we figure that out? Simply, um, I'm using a simple example here, right? But $50,000, generally speaking, we like withdrawal rates of people's portfolios to not exceed 5%. Usually we like 4% even, but we'll kind of push the limit here and say 5%. So we would need about a million dollars. Basically, to to generate $50,000 a year, we would need about a million dollars. And figuring that they had some kind of a diversified portfolio that that was invested in, we would kind of be in that 4 to 5% range that we like to stay in. So you can do the math, obviously, if somebody said that needs to be $100,000 a year, then we need $2 million and so forth. So kind of adding up those three different pieces are looking at the immediate needs. Again, what needs to be paid out right away? Is it a temporary need or is it a permanent need then are the second and third? And if it's a permanent need, we know that we need a lot larger dollar amount versus if somebody said, I need that $50,000 for five years, that's $250,000. If it's on a permanent basis, that needs to be more like a million dollars. And, you know, one thing I, I find is that when people start seeing these dollar amounts and start thinking about, wow, that's a lot of life insurance, they start to say things, and I'm not criticizing or judging anybody, but they start to say, wow. I don't know if I want to make my, you know, surviving spouse or kids or whatever rich. I don't want to put my kids in a position where, you know, it's just way too much money and, you know, they end up kind of ruining their lives over it. I can tell you that I've never sat with a widow 
in my career. I've been doing this 21 years and some sad situations, certainly, especially when it's, you know, somebody passes away younger. But I have yet to sit in my office with a widow and going through the finances. And we sit there and look at it and say, wow, this is way more money. This is way more money than we need. It's usually the exact opposite. Usually we're looking at we're trying to figure out, well, here's what we've got. How do we make this work? Because it, it's usually getting stretched. So I throw that out to you just because it's important to think about not only the different math aspects here, but also think about the emotional aspects and the fact that you know this and I know this too, is that things always cost more than we think. Um, you know, whether it be home improvements or it be, you know, repairs on a vehicle or uh, replacing the furnace, anything like that, things are always more expensive than we think. And so I would encourage you to go higher, you know, go, go higher if you're trying to figure out, do I go this amount or this amount, go with the higher amount simply because more than likely it's not going to go as far as that you as you think and it puts your survivors in a lot better position. What that means is that for many of us, myself included, we're probably talking about a lot of life insurance. You know, especially if you're younger, uh, you're probably talking about even more life insurance because you don't have as many financial resources probably built up, your retirement accounts, your investments, things like that. Of course, that plays into this because you may not need as much life insurance or any life insurance. Really, if you're at the point of life that you've got a big portfolio and all your debts paid off and all the kids are out of the house and you know, you might actually look at it. And we've done this in a lot of cases. We sit with folks and it kind of turns out, gosh, we don't know if we need it anymore. And we run the math and we say, well, we think you, that you're right. Um, you, you probably don't need it financially. In some cases, people keep it anyway. They might keep a life insurance policy just because it makes their spouse feel better or maybe makes them feel better, even if they don't mathematically need it. So, it's important to think through all this as far as your protection bucket and what could go wrong and then always round up, always do a little bit more than what you think it might be because we all kind of know that. I think intuitively that things always kind of cost more than we think. Money never goes just as far as we think that it's going to. And so it's important to kind of be preparing for the future. Again, what type of life insurance? There's all kinds of different types. You might have life insurance available through work. You might have the ability to buy term life insurance, permanent life insurance. One thing, of course, it's going to highly depend on how old you are and what kind of health you're in, because almost every life insurance policy is going to require underwriting. So it means that if you're young, if you're healthy, you'll probably be able to get a lot more life insurance for a very small premium. And one principle that financial planners have is that you never want to risk a lot for a little. And I can tell you that most of the time we can run quotes on millions of dollars of term life insurance. And usually it comes out to be pretty cheap, you know, a few hundred bucks a month, typically, uh, you know, even for somebody who's really young, you might even be paying uh, less than that. So it just depends on the situation, how you're buying the policy. We can certainly examine that with you, but this is not an area to skimp. Um, I know I've kind of coming down on your heart on this one, but I'm the one who has sat with widows before and a lot of sad situations. And again, I'd say in most cases, we're sitting there trying to figure out how do we stretch the resources that we've got? How do we make this work? Because it's just not looking like it's going to be enough for nearly as much as they anticipated. So with that, um, I'm going to leave you with, uh, with that. I know this is not the most uplifting episode in the world, but nonetheless, some of these protection bucket things are a, a fo financial foundation 
that we really need to address to make sure that the base of that pyramid, that financial pyramid that we talk about, that that base is really, really solid before we get into other topics like investing, the stuff that's more exciting, right? The the things that are more growth oriented, but thinking about that base of the pyramid and having a great foundation to start at. Uh, with that, thank you for supporting the podcast. We love feedback, so certainly give us feedback along the way. Please make sure that you're subscribing to the podcast. You probably have done that already, but please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite service, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever your favorite service is. If we're not on your favorite service, please let us know. Uh, we've subscribed to a lot of them, um, so I think we're out there in most places. But certainly, we want to get the word out. Please invite your friends, family, coworkers, and that is all I had for today. Thank you so much. Thanks for your support, and God bless. The opinions voiced in this episode of the Wiser Financial Advisor with host Josh Nelson are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.